Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So who says Tom Brady isn't a mobile quarterback? He was in three cities on Sunday, New York, Miami, and Tampa, and eventually he wound up at the Bruce Arians Family Foundation event Sunday night. And he talked about how he's recovering from his knee surgery. Remember when Bruce Arians said it was a farce Byron Leftwich didn't get an interview for an NFL head coaching job? Well, yeah, Leftwich wants you to know he's not going to be that guy. He's happy where he's at for now. And start spreading the booze. The Rays swept the Yankees in the Bronx and now head to Kansas City. Yoshi Sutsugo finally contributed after a chat with Kevin Kiermeyer. And the Lightning split their games with Florida over the weekend. They won an overtime Thursday. They fell 5-3 to three on Saturday. Now it's back-to-back games with the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll discuss all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. And, Steve, I know you were uh, – covering or, or you know working there for the uh, the NBA game on Sunday night and mm-hmm. I was driving back from Innisbrook uh, the Bruce Arians you know golf tournament for his family foundation was out uh, out that way I got home I wasn't home 20 minutes to where my cell phone started going nuts every computer every TV in the house tornado warning mm-hmm. and you know, you get these all the time, you know, in Florida. I mean, I grew up here. I'm I'm familiar with uh, heavy thunderstorms. And there's usually, or very often, uh, some circulation someplace, right, in the greater Tampa area. And they could be very serious. We've seen um, some pretty serious tornadoes. They're not as usually as on the ground as long as they would be, say, in Tornado Alley or, you know, as wide um, very often. But they're very, still very, very dangerous. And this this thing... This thing was literally when they had the map on on the uh, on the radar on the uh, on the television. They might as well just put my address on it. <laughs> I mean, it was it was beelining, and uh, my wife and and my two daughters and and my wife's uh, father who who is amazing. He's ninety one years old, sharp as a tack, has more energy than I do, which is not saying much. Um, well, they were all like headed. We don't have a basement. I mean, it's Florida, right? So they were all headed to the safest room. And and I'm upstairs where I do this podcast and where I usually do a lot of writing. They're like, "You got to come down. You're gonna. You don't understand. It's headed right towards us." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Come on. I, you know, why are you guys screaming and panicking?" Sure enough, man, I looked at the TV, and like I said, it was it was it was coming right at us. But fortunately, we basically had a countdown till about I guess it was 10 p.m. and they they called it off. But yeah, I saw um, Dave Wills had put on on. Uh... And I know he doesn't live that far from you. He's just down the road. Yeah, yeah. He put on social media. He goes, well, the area of the TV they're showing is my house. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> well, I think it went right between our houses, actually. There's not much room, but I think it squeezed through there. But... Yeah, I was racing at home after the Raptors game. Uh, oh, we, man. we walked out of the game. It was raining downtown. But, it, I mean, and you know, there's thunder and, and, and all that in the distance. But it wasn't storming there yet. It was raining. But So hurried to the car and, and headed home. So You're supposed to be the thunder. Yeah, well, well the, the lightning was off. You know, it was the, yeah, the Raptors. So it was the Raptors. You know. Yeah. We the South. Exactly. Yeah. 
We we the thunderstorm. Um, but yeah, they were playing know, this, the, no, granted they were playing the thunder tonight. Yeah, there the you go. City thunder. So maybe that's why it happened. <laughs> it's just bad weather in the building, always at all times. Um, yeah, Tampa Bay storm once once a, once a long time ago the lightning and and now the thunder. Uh, okay, so yeah, that was that was crazy, and um, I was fortunate to get out of Palm Harbor. Uh, at the Innisbrook uh, Golf Resort, where Bruce Arians was having uh, the first really kind of a, a dinner event, if you will, in a concert uh, to kick off what's going to be a, a golf tournament later today, weather permitting. Maybe. Which I'm, yeah, I'm very. They're all very dubious about you know not really trusting whether that's going to happen or not. But uh, we'll see. If it doesn't, then uh, those of you who paid ten thousand dollars a piece for a foursome. We'll be playing cards instead, and we have a casino day, I believe, at uh, at Innisbrook. So well, that's not uh, bad. No, it's not. It's not bad at all. You sit there and play play cards or whatever with Gronkowski or whatnot. Um, but of no, course, I, I the, know Tom Brady's not playing golf. Would he play the casino games? I I don't know. He you know the, from what I understand, and he jumped through a lot of hoops, man. I mean, man, what a what a day this guy, uh, what a life he lives in general. But what a day he had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the plan was for him to come to this event on Sunday night and not – he was not playing golf, obviously, because of the knee injury. Um, and he says his golf game is crap now anyway. But um, I don't know that he would just like, hey, you got nothing to do, trot out out and play some cards with us. But I don't think that's the plan. But he did – you know, to his credit, and you have to understand, you know, Tom Brady, you know, international superstar, right? I mean, superstar quarterback, as much a celebrity as he is an NFL player – at this juncture, doesn't just kind of like waltz into the general public very often. You know what I mean? Like he's very, he's very selective about what he does. And obviously he wanted to support Bruce Arians and, and that's really noble. But you know, this guy is, is, is a jet setter in every sense of the word to the point that he literally was with his son, um, his oldest son, Jack in New York. And on Sunday at some point, and then flew down to Miami and that's where he was going to uh, – and did, in fact, because there was pictures. And this is where mm-hmm. I thought, well, there's no way he's coming. There were pictures of him with uh, David uh, – watching David Beckham's team. Yeah, the MLS um, team down in Miami. Yeah, the MLS team, right. And uh, so he watched them, and, you know, they, they had sort of, I guess, an afternoon game uh, mm-hmm. or whatnot. But yep. they were playing the LA Galaxy, in fact. And so there he was, and you're thinking, well, how's he – you know, I know planes fly, but how's he – but it turns out there was a private airport, which is close to the stadium there in South Florida. Hopped on a plane, obviously. And, uh, yeah, before you knew it, he was uh, back in Tampa, and he drove his own truck to Innisbrook, got lost, like most of us do trying to find <laughs> Innisbrook. And, you know, he was, he was supposed he to be didn't there go by the, seven. He didn't, no, he didn't walk in the wrong house again, did he? Did he walk in the wrong <laughs> no. golf course? <laughs> he may have driven to the wrong golf course. Yeah, that's possible. Because he was lost, but uh, they 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 gave him directions, and he it was the the event was the red carpet was between six and seven. He probably got there around seven thirty, so he wasn't that late. But um, most of the people uh, had filtered into the main ballroom at that point, and you know, Innisbrook is huge. I mean, they play the Valspar there. In fact, it's it's really getting set up for that now, and um, you know, there's so many different. Uh, there's a couple of different golf courses, but there's a lot of different halls and, and things like that. And obviously tons of residences and stuff. That you, and, and the roads back there are spider-like. You can get get pretty turned around. And in fact, 
for whatever reason, they didn't have they didn't have my name on the list to come through there. So I had to I had to uh, call some people to get in and talk my way in myself. But um, no problem for Tom Brady. He got in, and uh, you know it was it was cool. And I, I know you know Greg Allman tweeted something about you know the 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 familiar burn in your shoulders holding a microphone over somebody while you're close enough to hear somebody be interviewed. And that and that I don't I don't miss the burn, but I will say it was liberating in many ways to to just be in the company of people again you know and it wasn't I mean, there was a several hundred people there make no mistake about it it was a sellout as far as dinner goes um but you know we were able to because they had a red carpet um sort of as a scrum we were able to stand there with masks on um nobody told us we had to wear them but we did and and you know and able to talk to to players to coaches to bruce arians stand right there, you know, even off camera uh, or off the podium and, and speak with Bruce and Jason Light. It was just so liberating. It was like, wow, this is the way it used to be. And it's been such a long time. Um, this time last year, we were preparing for a, an all-virtual NFL draft, which is, you know, probably similar to what it'll be this year again, too, except they're actually having it from Cleveland this time uh, live. But, you know, um Brady was Brady was as talkative as he probably was all of last year. I mean, we would get him for, you know, the Wednesday afternoon, maybe get two or three questions in. We would get him after the game for maybe two or three questions each, um, uh, maybe five total, you know. Uh, but but he was relaxed, and, and he had good energy for a guy that had been had traveled as much as he had that day. Um, and it was just, uh, you know, it was just – Really interesting, and, and people obviously, you know, when he goes to these things, people come up to him when he went inside the ballroom, and and they wanted his autograph, and they wanted pictures. He didn't sign, but he got a bunch of pictures with people, and um, I thought it was really something that he would do that because you just don't see Tom sort of, you know, in the public eye a whole lot, especially at an event where people can literally come up and touch you and take pictures with you and all that sort of thing. Oh, but that's been the one thing that he he's been pretty consistent in his career, though, is. When it comes to those big charity events. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that is something that he's – you'll see him in those situations more than anything else. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, and so obviously when your head coach is throwing a big, you know, golf tournament, yeah. you're going to be there for that and, and make time for people. And, you know, yeah. and it, that, like I said, he's been pretty consistent in his career. He's very much he, – he does get out in the spotlight more often when it comes to a charitable angle or a kid's angle or things like that. Yeah, and he, you know, he said that um again, he, you know, to be that mobile. Like I've I've had knee surgery and he's now about 7 weeks, you know, since he's had it, nearly 2 months. So, you know, he's done a lot of physical therapy and and things like this. So, you know, that that part of it is good. Um and and you can't, you know, you can't really discern that, you know, he's limping or that he's, you know, that anything is really bothering him uh, for sure. But, uh, you know, to travel like that, you know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta be in a, in pretty good shape in your recovery, in your rehab, because there will be swelling when you're on your feet that much, particularly when you fly. Um, of course, you know, this guy doesn't need any sodium. He's not like me. That's, you know, a train wreck nutritionally probably. And, and that, that never helps you. But, um, but no, he, he really, he really seemed like he was in pretty good shape. And he said, you know, the whole thing about a year ago, 
they had the pandemic and he came in and, you know, he walked in the wrong house and he got thrown out of a park and all that stuff. And they finally wound up at Berkeley Prep. And it looks like, I mean, there's a possibility they may have to do something off campus again, although I can't, I can't see Brady doing that necessarily. I mean, they're going to start their off-season workout program really today, officially. Um, it's, you know, the first phase all the way until the middle of May is essentially um, virtual meetings anyway. And guys are in the in the strength training room, stuff like that. Um, uh, you know, it's just physical conditioning right now. And so it's they're not really missing a lot by not being there other than the camaraderie and, and the things that – you know, you like to get accomplished together in the off season, and that's the thing. You know, with me, I, we talked about this ad nauseum, but I just I can't understand these guys are going to go somewhere and work out. They're going to stay in shape. Why not go to one buck? But you know, the union, uh, the player reps there for the Bucks and other teams, a bunch of teams said that their players voted uh, to try to you know train on the off season virtually, and so there's a little bit of a power struggle. But I gotta believe that when he's ready to throw and he did not disagree with Bruce Arians timetable that that could be June you know it could 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 easily be June before he's he's ready but he's he's chomping at the bit to throw and he'll get his guys together someplace whether it's over at the Advent Health you know training center or somewhere else uh, and they'll start to throw because that's that's what he likes to do he has to do a lot of that in the off season, and you know I I I didn't sense any panic in him or Bruce Arians. I mean, they just kind of feel like, well, you know, we've been through some of these weird things. Let's see how it plays out. I don't think anybody thinks that they're not going to eventually be in the building. Um, there's a lot of protocols that the NFL still has in place, basically the same ones they did a year ago, uh, because the players have said that COVID is the primary reason they don't want to come in. And to be honest with you, it's a it's a pretty safe environment. And, you know, that's what's so – a little bit frustrating is that you can go off campus. That's a non NFL sanctioned event and players can walk in there, take a mask off, stand in front of microphones, talk to reporters three feet away. We can't do any of that in an NFL facility. Cannot do it. Can't gather. Can't, you know, can't anything, whether you're vaccinated, not vaccinated, it doesn't seem to matter. So, um, the league's got a lot to work out with those guys, but, uh, you know, for Brady's part, he says that the rehab, you know, it's not fun. And nobody likes rehab, but he's doing really well. And uh, and I think just the, the schedule he keeps. I mean, they, this guy has already been to the Middle East. He's been skiing out west someplace. Um, now we know he's been to New York. He's been to Orlando. Uh, we know he's been to Miami. And they went to Costa Rica. And it, and, and that's just since the season ended. I no, mean, That's just the ones you know about. That, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, what, what doesn't he tell us, right? What, what, what does his dance card say? Um, so it was, uh, it was really, it was really interesting. I mean, I've never, you know, I've done this for so long and last year was so unusual, but to like, to cover a guy like Tom Brady and never actually be in the same room with him, this is the first time outside of, you know, standing around the practice field. It's the first time I've ever been this close physically to Tom Brady at a podium. You know, it was, it was, I know the Bucks and Patriots did some practices together a few years ago. I didn't know. Right. Were, no, I, I mean, the, been... I've, I've been like, I've been fit, like throughout his career. Yeah. I've been like in, right. under his nose. I've gone yeah. to all those Super Bowls and I stood right there That's at the true. front of the podium. So I've, I've interviewed him before. I've asked him questions even before he came to the Bucks. But to go a whole season, a Super Bowl season with a new quarterback and not just any new quarterback, but Tom Brady and never stand in front of him, 
you know, like never like in a human form look like somebody that's not, you know, on a Zoom call. Um, it was interesting. You know, it was just, I mean, I've seen the guy. I've been around him before, but I mean, it was, you know, it was cool. And then Gronk was there um, looking ripped. This guy, this guy keeps himself in tremendous shape. And, and, and uh, it's even with, even with faking his workouts. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, whatever he does, keep doing it, man. You look, I mean, geez, he's he he is enormous. The one thing people don't really understand is just how large this man is, uh, even for an NFL player, especially a tight end. But he uh, clearly has been worshiping the sun down here in Florida. He was all tanned up and and whatnot. And then JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, mm-hmm. was there as well. Um, a lot of the coaches, damn near the whole staff, um, you know they were they were there. Yeah, I don't in, think it's really course. optional when you're a coach. You know, when you're no, not when your you're boss head coaches. is you know throwing yeah. a golf tournament. You kind of have to go. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think mean, it's a good all, idea. You know, all fifty six coaches that they have or something. But yeah, well, that was half the ballroom. Really, they took up the first <laughs> nine rows of tables. The other guy that was there it was interesting. Um, Chuck Pagano was there. Chuck Pagano, the former head coach mm-hmm. of the Colts, who got leukemia, and that's how Bruce Arians yep. got. The interim head coaching job, which led to his first real head coaching job, is with the Arizona Cardinals. So Chuck, Chuck and him were good friends, and uh, Chuck had had been the uh, Chicago Bears defensive coordinator. Uh, in fact, the one that you know kicked their butt up there in Chicago. So um, yeah, he was there. So it, it was cool, man. It was a it was a good event. Um, I'm sure they're going to raise a lot of money for for good causes. You know, they they help with children and, you know, uh, as, you know, guardian ad items and, and things to different kids. Uh, and it's been tough because you can't have that person to person contact with this pandemic. They've had to get creative and, um, and reach out, you know, any way they can. So yeah, it was good. It was good to see all those guys. And, you know, and I, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned left, which, we haven't talked a lot about him since the season ended, but I I will say this, and I was as critical as anybody. That guy, I think, is going to be special, and I think he's going to be a head coach. And, and surely, like you said, if they, you know, if they do well again, much less repeat as Super Bowl champions, you know, you won't keep him out of the NFL from being a head coach. But um, he's got the right attitude. He's still you forget he's only done this for two years. Mm-hmm. Like he has only called plays. Not anywhere, like in his life. You know, he had eight games um, under a different head coach uh, when they fired their offensive coordinator in Arizona after Arians had already left and was retired. But that's that was it. But to call Bruce's offense, he's only done that t- two years. You know, the one year with Jameis, which obviously, you know, didn't result in great things for Jameis. But, um, you know, and so you take all of that and the familiarity and just where they're starting – a year later. I mean, they're defending Super Bowl champions, and just a year ago, they didn't know anybody. They didn't know each other. They didn't know the damn offense. Um, you know, they were all sort of kind of winging this, and it took them, you know, 13 weeks to finally figure it out, and then they went on the eight-game run, and, you know, everything came together. But, yeah, it was uh, it was a good job by Byron, who took a lot of criticisms, some of it, some of it fair, um, some of it probably unfair, but he didn't waver. You know, he believed in his guys, and um, they all came through for him. So, you know, it's good to see Byron. All right, so uh, much of my weekend was spent watching the Tampa Bay Rays because I love when the Rays and the Yankees play each other. There is definitely 
intensity. It got ratcheted up a year ago. We know um, how the Rays have taken more, you know, more bean balls uh, to their bodies than than the Yankees have. So there's there's this edge to everything, and the Yankees mostly precipitate a lot of that and have uh, going back several years. Um, but the best way to answer that, and the best way, and what the Rays have going now for them is that they're they're now the team in the Yankees' heads. The Yankees can't beat these guys with any regularity. I mean, I know they took one out of three games at, you know, at the trop the, the obviously the Rays won the season opening series there, but you know, they they go into the Bronx, man, and they sweep those guys with fans, now not a capacity mm-hmm. crowd obviously, lead, you know, separated and all that. And not only that, but they beat their ace on Sunday. I mean, well, it, it was and they beat them the Yankees way, out slugging them. Yes, yes. I mean, that, that, I mean, they basically did what the Yankees do better than them for this series. Yeah, they homered. Mm-hmm. They hit a lot of home runs, and, and they got key hits at key times with men in scoring position. Um, the the most clutch guy on the team right now is Joey Wendell. He's the guy that seems when they have a lead, he gets makes a big gets a big hit and separates them and, and makes life a lot easier for their bullpen and. Um, and it was – look, I don't care. If you've played baseball, if you haven't played baseball, it doesn't really matter. But to see what Yoshi Sutsugo was able to do in Sunday's game, he he, drew, he drove one in the gap in right center field and, and drove in what at that time was the go-ahead run. They wound up winning by two after Wendell's home run. But what a relief he must have felt. And if you heard him after the game, you know, the post-game show with Neil Solons and they – they play the Zoom call with him and writers, and of course he had his interpreter there. Um, you could hear just sort of the exhale in his voice. You know, I mean, he's been pressing so much, and I and look, I'm I'm the one I've been sitting here banging it, saying I think he's going to end up getting DFA. It's a lot of money for them to eat, and I don't think they can trade him. But the reality is, is that we we do need to remember all the time that that this is a 162 game season. The Rays now are 500. They're in second place, and they're only like a game and a half or so out of first place. And you know the fact is, is that you know this this guy was was a really big talent in Japan that you could swing the bat. They 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 paid the money and then some to get him. He's he's not a good defensive player, so DHing seems to be the best you can do with him right now. But he's off to a horrid, horrible start. But his first year was a pandemic. I mean, you think about going to a country where, you know, there's an absolute language barrier, where there's a culture um, adjustment like you've never anticipated before. And the game is different. The game here in the in the United States is much different than what they have in Japan. He's had a lot to adjust to. Um, so interestingly, after the game, listening to Neil Solons, they, um, they had the interview with Yoshi and the writers to cover the Rays. And I think it was Mark Tompkin. Somebody had asked you know, like when you were down, when things weren't going well, like, like who did you talk to and, you know, what did they say and all that. And, and he mentioned that uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, of all people, was the guy who I would assume, unless he speaks Japanese, uh, through the interpreter, uh, had a conversation with Yoshi. And Yo- the only thing Yoshi would share was like, basically it was like, hey, just relax, you know, just, just I mean, easy to say, hard to do when you're in a, sort of a slump that he was in, but um, I think he got him to think about, you know, why you play this game. You play it to have fun. He wasn't having any fun. It's never any fun when you're not producing. 
Um, but nonetheless, he, he seemed more relaxed, and he was so relieved to do something, anything to help his team. And that's really the thing with Yoshi. He didn't have to carry them, right? I mean, they got guys that can hit in that lineup. Um, he just has to be part of the part of the the conga line, really. Yeah, I mean that's that's. I mean, you know, he's batting low enough in the order now. He's not leading off. They took that pressure off him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's. I mean, look look around the line. There's other players struggling too. Um, yeah, we are. just we just need you to be a little better. We don't, you know, it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be all world and, and the best best hitter in this lineup. Um, you know, you expect Austin Meadows or Randy Rosarina to be the, those guys. Uh, or Brendan Lau, even who that's another one who's struggling. Yeah, he um, is. You know, so uh, you know if if Kevin Kiermeyer and, and look, Kevin Kiermeyer has talked about wanting to be a leader on this team, and 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 he's yeah. by far the the most elder statesman on the team, right? As far you know, longevity with the team, and you know wants to take on that role. Good for Kevin for doing that, and 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 good for Yoshi and sitting down, and and that's you know that's when you're struggling, man, you need your teammates' help. You really in do. lots of different ways, and and if Kevin took it upon him to do that, then good on Kevin. You know what's funny about baseball? I mean, professional sports. It, there's just no way around. It's this way in college too. I mean, it's a cutthroat business in in some instances. You know, you're trying to become a team, but yet um, one man's struggle is another man's opportunity. There's just no other way around it. You know, whether he gets hurt, whether he doesn't produce, somebody's going to take advantage of that, and some and somebody's going to need that break. That's how you get to the major leagues, right? Somebody gets hurt. Somebody's not producing, um, and and yet you're, you're all supposed to be you know twenty five strong or how twenty seven how many players they have, and all united in that sort of thing. Um, but it can be you know when a, when a guy is struggling like that badly, um, you kind of don't want to go to him and say, "Yo, man, um, how can I help you out?" You know, because in some ways. It's sort of acknowledging that you really, you know, the guy's miserable. He knows he's not producing. You don't have to remind him of it. And so you kind of you kind of stay away and let him work it out. You know, you kind of let the coaches do their thing. And, you know, you support him, obviously. And, you know, hey, babe, get a hit, babe, or whatever. But uh, get him next time. But you, you, you don't, you know, you don't really want to, you know, here's what you need to do. You know, you don't want to be a batting coach. You don't want to be a psychologist like you just kind of want them to to work their way out of it and what happens happens um but i think it helps a lot when you have players who are well regarded the way kk is i mean i don't think there's a you know a more familiar face obviously longevity wise of course he has him over everybody he's the highest paid player right now as a matter of fact um but to have somebody like that you know kind of kind of try to help you out you know and say okay hey here's what you got to do you know and and want to talk to you I mean that's huge for some that's just huge for your confidence you know that hey there's still some people back here because and it's not because people want them to fail probably quite the opposite but you know they're just not going to go up to him and, and make it worse by you know reminding him that he's not playing very well he knows that so whatever KK did that's being a leader that's exactly what you said and um you know and he produced a game-winning RBI against the Yankees in a, in a situation that they really needed it. So, you know, the bullpen was better. Um, you know, I liked that on Saturday, Tyler Glass now took the ball, and he was struggling. I mean, he, you know, mechanically things were off. He didn't have the the location. Um, you know, he ended up with a cramp in his left hand. You know, he's having all kinds of issues on the mound. 
and he gave up all of one run. I mean, that was an impressive performance because he just wasn't himself. No, he wasn't. And we've talked about Tyler Glasdown, and, and the, the thing I wonder about him, particularly this season, is you know he's no longer part of Morton, Snell, and Glass now. It's He's the ace. No yes, question. No doubt about it. And, and mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that impressed me so much about Charlie Morton the last two seasons when he was with the Rays is the days he didn't have his good stuff. He would get right. into jams, but, man, he would get out of it, and he would – it would be, you know, five, six innings and one or two runs given up, and That's he didn't it. have good stuff. And, right. and he may have had a 30-pitch first inning and loaded the bases – Mm-hmm. Um, frequently he would have those kind of innings, but he would find ways to, to get out of it. Yep. And, and, you know, that's what, that's, that's when you're pitching, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, the question with Tyler glass now, and particularly in this year is how will he take those steps? And, 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 right. you, know, uh, you know, no question. He's got stuff. No question. He's the best pitcher on the staff, but there's the, the mental part of it that comes with experience and time. You know, and Charlie Morton mm-hmm. had pitched for you know how many years to, right. to develop those kind of things, and to see Tyler Glass now come out there and not have as good stuff, but battle in, in against the Yankees and come out of it the way he did—that's uh, that's a huge step in his progression and his taking over the ace of this staff. You know, now you got to see if he can continue to do it on those days he doesn't have his stuff. I mean, the first couple games, his stuff was fil- was filthy. Yeah, couldn't this miss. one he was struggling, and and to see the way he battled through it, you know, that's a great sign for Rays fans. Yeah, and, and he made the adjustments like he got out of jams early, and then you know a, a, a big, you know, first inning, and and then you could see him kind of like regain his release point, and everything was in the strike zone again. So, um, and then the injury, notwithstanding, he even battled through that. And he said, he goes, you know, it, it wasn't my best game because, you know, obviously I've been pitching really much better than this. He goes, but in some ways, you know, it was because I, I, I gave my, my team a chance to win and I, I hung in there. And, and the fact is, is that if these guys, if you were to go through the whole year, if you had the health and, and were lucky enough to make 30 starts, okay, 10 of those, you, you're going to be, you're going to have all your stuff. You're going to be lights out, right? You can, Throwing the ball where you want to, good velocity, all of that. I think 10 of those other starts, you know, you're going to be okay, but but less, you know, less in sync. You're going to have to grind a little bit. And then there's, then there's probably 10 more where you just don't have anything, you know. And if you can win the bulk of those, I don't have anything and my stuff is just okay, uh, like it was for Glass now the other day, that's what makes you an all-star pitcher. That's what makes you great, you know. Um because your good is good enough. And, you know, Glassnell showed a lot of maturity, and he talked about it after the game. Um, you know, he, he wasn't – he knew what was happening. He, you know, he knew he knew he needed to battle and, and grind it out. And, and he was probably – he said, you know, I was probably more pleased with, you know, sort of how things turned out when I, when I wasn't, you know, on my best uh, – my best stuff. Like, you know, like he had had the first – the last two outings. So – it was fun watching him pitch, man. He's really good. And then, um, you know, they got a good performance, not as a starter, but as a bulk guy in Yarborough, uh, you know, on Sunday. So that that was encouraging. They just got key hits. You know, anytime they got guys and runners in scoring position, they they found ways to get them in 
it was a good series and a much needed series for them. Now they're going to go to Kansas City, which is not known or predicted to be a great team, but they've actually played really well. They're in first place and they won a bunch of games. Yeah, I know it's it's amazing. Um, I don't know. And the Rays traditionally there, don't play very well there. They don't at all. But but they need to keep this going. You know, you can't. Mm-hmm. It's a shame they can't ratchet up the you know the Yankees series every week, but um, they do play them a bunch more times still. But yeah, they need to. They need to kind of use this moment. I think the bats are starting to come around a little bit, you know, starting to have a little louder contact. And um, like I said, I mean, these guys can hit. They, we, You know who they are. They, they're, for the most part, proven commodities. But I give the race credit. They needed a turnaround after that Texas series when they lost three out of four. And, you know, you could get lost up there in the Bronx against a really good Yankees team. And they went in there and they swept them. And that, that was huge for this for this baseball team. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And then uh, finally, Steve, I, I, I watched. I wasn't able to watch the Saturday game. Uh, I saw where they tried to make a pretty good spirited comeback. I did watch them uh, win the game on Thursday over Florida. Victor Hedman was just a gorgeous overtime goal in that one. Um, but, you know, I, I'm listening to John Cooper, and it's funny because I never know what to expect, right? Because I. I don't. I watch hockey. I kind of understand what I'm seeing, but I don't always. I don't. It's not like you or somebody that's a, a you know a real hockey guy that can say, yeah, well, they played really good here. They played really. Well. I'm I'm kind of a well. What was the score? You know, that's kind of my thing. Well, you know, um, how many shots did they have? That sort of thing. And I guess that you know they they kind of won on Thursday when they maybe they didn't deserve it and then you can thank Andre you know, Vasilevsky for that one. Oh, he was unbelievable. He yeah. was unbelievable. He I think he stole the game for him. Mm-hmm. And then and then then the opposite was true where they probably deserved a better result and and wound up losing 5 to 3 on Saturday. Yeah, I thought they came out Saturday and, and we saw a commitment to the defensive end of the ice that we hadn't seen in a while from the team. Right. Uh, unfortunately, they ended up down three one at the end of one. Um, couple just unlucky breaks in there. Tyler Johnson had a really bad gaff on, on one mm. of the goals. Um, not only did he turn the puck over in the center of the ice where you can't turn the puck over, mm. then he didn't back check hard enough on Huberto who got a rebound and you know, oh, there was a shot on Vazzy. He he deflects it off to the side where he should, and there's Huberto with Tyler Johnson a little late back checking on him. Mm. Um, and puts it in the net, but it was a rough game for Tyler Johnson. But yeah. they played a lot better on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just didn't get the result. And and you know and and you go back to Vasilevsky stole the game on Thursday night. Saturday he was just good. You know he was. Right. I mean there was nothing that you're sitting there going, oh man, that was a bad goal he let in. But he wasn't elite spectacular. You know stealing it. You know and that's going to happen with your goalie sometimes. I mean. Um, you know, and, get, and Florida's a very good team. I mean, you know, look, this is a three-team race in this division for who's going to lead it. Right now, the Lightning in third place. Yep. Uh, they got two against Carolina tonight and tomorrow night. That's going to determine a lot. If you can take both those games and you're going to 
probably take over first place in the division. If not, you know, Florida may still be ahead of you, but, um, you know what? 12 games left to go for the lightning. So they played better Saturday, not good enough for the playoffs yet, particularly on the defensive end. But like I said, it was better than it had been. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, you, you just, uh, it's, and, and, and I hope, you know, they hope they have time to straighten this out. I mean, to me, you're down to what less than a dozen games or so. Yeah, you got a dozen games left. I mean, I, the hard part is is you're missing several stars on offense, and I think they're right. pressing on on offense. They're not scoring as much as they have, right? And I think that's causing some of the defensive lapses. Is they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're pressing. Much. They're pressing to score, right? And and you know, and John Cooper always talks about if you, you know, the the way to play to have better offense is to have a better defense. You know, when you have yeah. when you play better defense and control the puck and are getting it up the ice, that's going to create be, that's going to create more offense than um, scrambling in your defensive end. So, um, you know, like I said, they're going to make the playoffs, and I haven't looked at the standings, but you know, they're not that far away from making it at this point with twelve games to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but you really want to see them start playing better. It just it's the commitment to defense, and that's it's the scoring will come. Um, I, I don't worry about the scoring, and 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 look, there were some interesting lines the last two days too. Ross Colton, yeah, he Ross Colton up. got moved up to the second line. Alex Barry Boulay mm-hmm. was playing on the top line, um, yeah. trying to get some some offense onto those juice. lines and, and yeah. juice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I thought they both played pretty well on those lines. Um. You know, and Stamkos, since we last recorded, uh, he's on long-term injury relief now, mm-hmm. which means he has to miss 10 games or 24 days. So he's not eligible to come back until early May. I don't, I'm don't, i not sure. I don't remember which game off the top of my head. But basically less than a week before the end of the regular season is when he can come back. Yeah, and I, this is not good. I mean, you know, I guess the good news is that they're not they're saying or or indicating at least that it's not an injury related to what he had a year ago, mm-hmm. which was very serious. Um so you're grateful for that. But man, has this guy got a history of getting hurt. You know what I mean? Like he just can't can't get out of these injuries. Well, and you worried about this one because it wasn't a contact you know, nothing happened on the play. He had the puck, kind of tried to dump it in, and all of a sudden went down hurt. Uh, right. It wasn't like he took a check or got hit or, you know, you saw his skate got stuck on the ice or, you know, something like that. And that's what that's what makes you worry on these kind of injuries. You're going, you know, what happened? And we still don't know what it is. No. Um, they say it's not part of what he went through last year and, and the surgery and, and, and all that, the core injury. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I know I got asked by a couple people over the weekend, is this the end of Stamkos' career? And I'm like, no. I mean, no. you know, first of all, if he was out for the season, the light, the Lightning are very cryptic about their injuries. But if someone's out for the season, they pretty much come out right away and say that. Um, you know, now it's not to say that, you know, as he's rehabbing, he's going to get back. He could have a, he could have a setback. On time. Yeah. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, you know. As cryptic as the Lightning like to be on in, on injuries, generally if someone's out a while, they say it pretty quickly. And it's you know whether it's Mitchell Stevens or Stamp, whoever, it's you know hey this Jan Ruda, he's out for weeks. Um, you know, I mean that's kind of their their mo. And I don't know where that rumor got started on Stamp Coast because I had I had a couple of people ask me that over the weekend. Um, yeah, 
you know, it's, it's something. I mean, John Cooper said over the weekend, you know, confident, you know, he'll be back. And if they're if they make the postseason, that he'll play there. And um, you know, well, I, it's hard to. I mean, I, I don't know what the injury is, so it's hard to talk about. But right. um, you know, I just know he he's a guy that has been unlucky with injuries, particularly as his career has gone long and, yes. and longer in the tooth. Um, I, and I still think when he plays, you know, when he's out there, he, he's, he's a, you know, he's huge for them. He wins. You know, one of the things you saw right away without him is them losing faceoffs. You know, they, they've not done a good job with that. And Stamkos was a big, big faceoff guy for them. Um, you know, there's there's stuff that he does. Obviously, he's very good in the power play. It's just his leadership, right? He's your captain. He's still your captain. We saw, we saw how he ignited them with the very limited play that he had in the goal in the in the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, that was a moment, right? In Tampa Bay sports and all of sports, that was incredible. Um, he wasn't able to continue. So, yeah, you just you just hope it's not something serious again. You hope that you know they say it's not related to his other injury. Um, but without Kucherov and without Stamkos, you know, who then becomes the captain, if you will? Who becomes is – is it Point? Is it – who is it? It was Hedman, obviously. Well, I mean, yeah, the, Hedman, the, Hedman and McDonough Victor, and Kalorn are kind of the – they're the alternate captains if you're talking from a, just a leadership right, standpoint. Right, right, right. The question is, offensively, how do they produce enough? Uh, yeah, it's you know, hard. I, I, think, I think there's a few things. Um Without Cooch this season, I think you're seeing a toll taken on Braden Point. And, For sure. And, and he's playing well, but, you know, he, and he's got the puck on a stick a lot, but it's mm-hmm. a lot harder to bring the puck up the ice when you don't have the threat of Kucherov. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you know Kucherov's the most creative player on the ice. I mean, Braden Point mm-hmm. may be the most well rounded, complete player, but, you know, creativity wise. Now you take Stamkos off there, too, and the power yeah. plays don't look good right now. Uh, and you're missing right. your two, your two biggest weapons on the power play. Um, sure. you know, so it's understandable and, and, you know, you can definitely see that, you know, and I think that's why you saw Alex Barry Boulay on the top line. You saw Ross Colton on the second line. Um, mm-hmm. you know, how can we keep changing things up to figure out how we can get more offense? Right. Um, without jeopardizing, you know, your defensive, what you, what you want to do defensively or, and play better defensively. Um, right. you know, they tend to keep the Coleman, Gaudreau, and Gord line together, although sometimes they'll put Tyler Johnson there if they want to move Gord up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Johnson was centering the fourth line right. over the weekend, um, and that's how you you know were able to move guys up. So, um, you know, I think you're going to see these last 12 games, John Cooper keep mixing things up. I mean, he's got to figure out, you know, if Cooch isn't back but for the playoffs or to start of the playoffs and, and – you know, everything seems to be going well, although no one really knows exactly when you know, the target date for him to be back is. Um, he's skating, although, you know, not doing – you know, he skated some lines and stuff, but no one's touching him. He's definitely not anywhere near contact, et cetera. Um, right. You don't know when Stamkos is going to come back. Um, you know, they're hopeful before the end of the regular season, but, you know, with his history and, and that, mm-hmm. and not knowing what the injury is, who knows, too. Mm-hmm. So – you know, where can they find this offense while at the same time trying to shore up their defensive end of the ice, which hasn't been pretty the last few weeks. So th- yeah. they've got their work cut out for them for the next 12 games. I mean, the good news is, is 
the playoffs don't start tomorrow or tonight yeah. against Carolina. But, you know, now you're getting to that time. And this is, you know, 12 games to go. This is like through 70 games of the regular season. You know, this right. is this is where you want to get ready for the playoffs now. Well, that's tough. I mean, you lose Nikita Kucherov, you lose Steven Stamkos. Those are two enormous stars in this league and on the same team. And it's just really, really, really hard. And I'm sure that they're trying to reinvent themselves and figure out how they can still score and play defense. So, um, but they, you know, they, they they're going to grind their way to the playoffs. I think they're going to make the postseason. We'll see if they get them back, and then they'll be good. They'll be good for them on. I mean, that's that's really all you can hope for. Um, we've got the Rays headed to Kansas City. They will begin that series against the Royals. Um, as you mentioned, uh, you know, now the Lightning are going to take on Carolina a couple times, and that's that's going to be, you know, another tough, tough match for them. What do we got later this week? We'll have a mailbag, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Um, Let's do it tomorrow. Let's get, uh, yeah. get your questions in now. So Yeah, absolutely. Submit them. You can do that. On Twitter, just send them to at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Got a lot to talk about. The NFL draft, we are just a week away on Thursday. Um, it'll be one yep. week. Well, um, I mean, let's which, see. The IndyCar race is what, this weekend? That's this weekend. Yeah, Pete, the Valspar tournament's next weekend. Yeah. The NFL I, well, draft I, is next yeah. week. Yeah, it's a busy time. Really is. They're already setting up Innisbrook for that. Um, out there at Valspar. So, yeah, we got a lot going on. There's a lot you can ask about, obviously. And, and um, you know, the, this draft, we're, we're going to write about it. Check it, out, check it out on TampaBay.com. There's a lot of opportunity for the, ra- for the race, for the Bucks, um, to do to do some interesting things. They could sit there at 32, obviously. They can move out of it. Um, look, if you're going to stay up late, and we will, of course, on the first day of the draft, Wednesday. Um, it's Thursday, isn't it? Thursday, I'm sorry, a week from Thursday. If you're going to do that, take a nap because the last last year's draft, I think the 32nd pick was taken after midnight. So it really will begin on Thursday, and they may not pick till Friday. So that's if they don't do something like package a bunch of picks and move up for a specific player, which could happen. Um, we just don't know. But um, nonetheless, Jason Light and his guys, we've got stories all week, uh, have done a remarkable job over these last few drafts, especially getting Worfs and Winfield and, you know, those kinds of guys and Tyler Johnson and, you know, before that, all the defensive backs that are playing well and Devin White. So, you know, this is just a new thing for them to be picking that long. I, I ran into John Spytek. It was so funny because, like, again, going back to where we started with this, everybody is so grateful to be out of the office. They've been grinding so much. <laughs> I think he had this, really, I think he had this golf tournament just to get people a break. I really do. I just think, you know, it was a short off season. They played five more weeks than they usually do. The draft is here. So, yeah. So send us your questions about the draft, really about anything. We'll answer those. We'll have Tom Jones uh, later this week a couple times as well, my former radio partner. Now with the Pointer Institute. So we'll be playing a raise talk as they try to continue their streak now uh, of wins after winning uh, all three games in New York. See if they can keep the one. We're going streaking, baby. And and you know what? The Red Sox, who got off to an unbelievable start, are starting to to come back to the pack a little bit. Uh, It's going to be, look, it's going to be close all season long. I think, I think we're. You know, we're getting to that point where we can see that. But a good weekend for the Rays, obviously, um, especially out of their bullpen. They pitched well. They got some key hits. They didn't trail in in that series very much, if at all. So, you know, I don't know what 
I, I think at this point, Aaron Boone might be one of the first managers fired because what do they spend? $250, $300 million on that payroll, and they can't score. Um, it's really something to watch them. They're struggling. So I don't know what's going to become of the Yankees, but I think it's the first time they've been had the worst record. I mean, you get the worst record in the American League. Is that right? That's correct. I think they're they're five might, and yeah. ten. Yeah, it's their worst, their worst start since 97. 97. Wow, that's so long ago. Yeah, they're – Five and ten, you're a dime store team. It's terrible. So yeah, I don't no love loss for the Yankees, of course, but good for the Rays to turn around up there. So uh, check us out. We're here every Monday through Friday. Get your questions in. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.